is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. The president announced steps to fight COVID and Omicron this winter. One of the bigger measures, this requirement for insurance companies to reimburse the costs of at-home testing kits. Um, Good idea. Is it going to work? Doctors have been calling for more rapid COVID tests for a while now. But the U.S. hasn't done much to get that going. A theory out there suggests that Omicron's origins aren't human. But let's start with at-home testing and insurance companies. Larry Levitt is the executive vice president for health policy at the Kaiser Family Foundation. Larry, does this and the new requirement that international travelers have a, a negative test within 24 hours of their flight actually accomplish anything? Uh, it, it does accomplish a lot. I mean, we, we have, I think, under emphasize testing from from the start of this pandemic. Uh, and and the, the problem is that, you know, there's a period of time between you, when you get exposed to someone who is infected with COVID uh, and when uh, you yourself might have symptoms. Uh, but during that period, you can still infect others. So that, you know, ha- has the potential to really fuel uh, outbreaks. Uh, and that could be particularly true with a new variant. So, you know, regular testing, particularly if you think you may have been in a situation where you were exposed, uh, becomes really important. The, the problem is, um, you know, you have a couple options now. You can go to a testing site or a doctor's office, uh, but you may not get results for several days. By that point, kind of, you know, you may have already infected a, a bunch of people. Uh, there are also these at-home tests have, that have been on the market, um, but they're expensive. You know, typically if you walk into a pharmacy, it's hard to find these at-home tests, but even if you can, uh, you know, they come in a pack of two and they often cost about 25 bucks. And that's a lot of money for people. So what the, the Biden administration is proposing uh, or, or will, will, um, uh, will issue rules about is requiring insurance companies to cover these at-home tests at no charge to patients. We would expect maybe some people to go through that and get the reimbursement. Do we expect most, though, to sort of jump through the hoops after the fact and say, hey, I bought a couple of these or, you know, six if I got a family. Uh, Now give me my money. Yeah, you know, I mean, human nature is human nature, right? Um, the, uh, in fact, health insurance actuaries call this the shoebox effect. Uh, you go out, you buy these at-home tests at the pharmacy, you get the receipt, you stick it in a shoebox somewhere, and you never get around to, to submitting the reimbursement. Or when you do submit the reimbursement, the insurance company denies it, and then you forget about trying to, you know, appeal it or, or deal with it. So, you know, it's it's not perfect. Um, uh, in fact, if you look at what some other countries are doing, uh, it's much much better there. For example, in, in the UK, uh, you can order tests for free online from the National Health Service. You can walk into a pharmacy and get them free. Uh, that that would be kind of much yeah, easier. And, well, and, and, and to your point, uh, Larry, Germany, I think, is, is pretty much the same, the same thing. But that raises the question, A, why can't we do that? And B, uh, all these people who are pretty smart, I presume, who come up with these plans, do they not live in the real world? Have they ever actually go, you know, have they gone to a pharmacy? Have they gone to CVS? Yeah. And, right, <laughs> and, try, and try to get one of these tests and see if they can find it and how much it costs. Have they gone overseas and on their return flight actually undergo the, the pressure of having to have a test done not three days before now, but 24 hours before your flight? That's a lot. 
Sure. No, the, the, there are, uh, I mean, there are complications in, in all of this. I mean, I, I went to a Walgreens to get a rapid test the other day and, you know, it was behind the cash register. She only had a few of them and uh, it, it certainly wasn't, wasn't easy. I mean, I think part of what the Biden administration is dealing with now is uh, they were trying to do some things quickly that they have the authority to do. Uh, you know, they could go back to Congress and, and get money to to buy tests for anyone who wanted them and make them available for free in pharmacies. But, uh, you know, given, but did, given how yeah, Congress but, but, works these days, yeah, that, but, but, that's not likely. Yeah, but didn't they, you know, because so much stuff has happened in the past 18 plus months, it's almost hard to keep track. Didn't they get money uh, quite some time ago from Congress as part of all the different uh, bills that went through to uh, to help because of the pandemic? Wasn't a lot of that money supposedly to subsidize things like at-home testing? Didn't President Biden a few months ago at a news conference say something along the lines of that these at-home tests will be available at cost? Well, 25 bucks doesn't seem like at cost. Right. No, there, 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 there has been money to do it. Not, not enough to, to do, I think, what, what other countries like the UK and Germany are doing. Uh, but as also as part of this, this Biden plan, they will be distributing tests to community organizations, community health centers, rural clinics. Uh, but, you know, it's tens of millions. It's not, it's not billions, which is, uh, you know, what we really might need if we wanted everyone to test, test regularly. Larry Levitt's Executive Vice President, Health Policy, the Kaiser Family Foundation. Getting a rapid at-home COVID test can be difficult in the U.S. They're not always available at the drugstores, and when they are, they can be expensive. Other countries have figured this out. It's something doctors here have been asking for as a way to slow down the virus. Dr. Blythe Adamson is an economist, epidemiologist at the University of Washington, also founder of Infectious Economics. Uh, Doctor, why can't the U.S. get its act together with something as simple as testing? Well, it's fascinating to see the differences between countries and even how how our health systems are designed uh, is really producing some of the differences that we're seeing. I mean, you mentioned you know, going to the UK where they have universal health care coverage. And so their purchasing of all of these tests and distribution of tests to to people in their country, uh, you know, it comes through a more direct fund, funding mechanism. But here in the U.S., uh, our healthcare system, you know, we've got a fragmented healthcare payer system, and you know, it's mainly an employer-based. So when individual people, in a really or- unorganized way, are are trying to do things one at a time, uh, it it makes it incredibly difficult for us to maximize the efficiencies that we're seeing in other countries. We also do this thing where we say, okay, we can rely on the private companies, private sector. They will bring these tests to market. And so we get a couple of options. Um, are there still too many hoops for others? Why, why haven't we? And they said they're going to, you know, make it easier and streamline this and, and put a bunch of money towards bringing more tests online. But we've yet to see any of them. Right. And you, I think a lot of us did expect private, private businesses to be leading, but interestingly, it's not the private labs that are leading, it's the private companies that want to reopen their businesses. So I'm starting to see one of the biggest trends is employers themselves are reaching out to local labs in their communities and, and contracting directly with them for their employees to be able to return to in-person work uh, with testing offered at their at their office, so it's now becoming more convenient for office workers to get tested routinely. They're you know negotiating bulk discounted rates for the tests, and in their contracts, negotiating a guaranteed 
quick turnaround time so that they're, you know, because we all know if you have to wait three to five days for PCR test results, I mean, the, the results are meaningless to you. They're not even actionable anymore. So I think that we are seeing businesses leading, but it, it's not the ones that we expected at the beginning. Yeah, and and also to your point about the amount of time that goes by, uh, you know, there are, uh, or at least will be shortly, apparently, at least two pills that will be on the market, right, uh, that are antiviral pills that might help uh, mitigate some of the more dire outcomes of COVID. But they both, the Pfizer one and the Merck one, have uh, their their optimum impact within a very small window of time, right? I think it's like three, maybe five days at most from the time you test positive. But if you can't get the test to get tested negative or positive, then it makes those pills pretty useless too. Absolutely. This is definitely these new treatments um, are offering the, the best opportunity for, for effectiveness and uh, improving your health if they are delivered right away. But you nailed it. If we don't know that they have COVID until five days later, you know, we've missed that optimal window. And so we've, we've got to get a better system in place. Dr. Blythe Adamson, economist, epidemiologist, University of Washington, also founder of the public health company Infectious Economics. Coming up, where did Omicron really come from? A theory now says that maybe this new variant, Omicron, didn't start in humans. Maybe its origins and mutations formed in an animal body. The idea the virus was uh, made in a rodent and then jumped back to us, went from us to it, to us again. Dr. Robert Gary, professor of microbiology and immunology at the Tulane University School of Medicine. So, doctor, your thoughts on this theory? Well, I think the idea is plausible. I mean, you know, it's going to take a while to, to prove this. Uh, nobody has uh, shown that to be a fact yet. I mean, there are a couple other possibilities out there that are also probably equally as plausible about how this virus might have, uh, you know, changed into this Omicron variant. But it's an unusual one, that's for sure. Well, is there some significance attached to whether, if this theory turns out to be the case, what would the significance, if any, be? Well, it means that this virus, you know, can pass into animals pretty easily. And we already knew that to be a fact. I mean, we've seen white-tailed deer infected all over the United States. We've seen multiple zoo animals infected, lions and tigers, uh, gorillas um, in San Diego there. So um, we know that this is what's called a pantropic virus or a generalist virus, uh, a promiscuous virus, if you will, one that can infect multiple species. And um, we saw with the minks in the Netherlands and other places in Europe that the virus could spread into these minks that are that are farmed, they're kept in large cages, and then spread back to humans. And, you know, this is just one of the possibilities that we think that might explain this unusual Omicron variant. And that's the dangerous part is the spread back, right? Because we did the story about the deer, which was, oh, we are infecting the deer population, yeah. but we don't think the deer can give it back to us. Right. Uh, but if they could, then that would be an issue uh, because it's if it mutates in them, it comes back to us. Yeah, reservoir. Yeah, even if we can make a hundred percent, you know, effective vaccine, which we can't, um, you know, if we just wait a little while and the virus is spreading in animals, rodents, deer, whatever, and it's changing a little bit, then it'll come back to us and then we'll be vulnerable. So that that's a concern for the future. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, I, I mean, I, I presume from what you just said that uh, the ability of a virus to go back and forth is is not 
that common, or or if it's or if that's not the case, it's certainly not the norm. And it's, and, it's, a, it's common in viruses that that you know cause these outbreaks, these okay you know, pandemics. So it, and think about a virus like rabies that can infect bats and raccoons and skunks and a whole number of species. So it's not terribly uncommon. Uh, you know, to have a virus that is pantropic like SARS-CoV-2. But does that mean, uh, doctor, that it makes it more difficult in the future to prevent uh, mutations? Yeah, if there's the animal reservoir, we we will be very hard-pressed to get rid of it. I mean, we've been successful with a couple of viruses, like smallpox and polio to some extent, because those viruses don't have animal reservoirs. Uh, if we, you know, see an animal reservoir, for SARS-CoV-2, that's going to make it a lot more difficult to control, you know, over the long term. One of the other possibilities uh, before we run out of time is from someone who had, you know, long haul or chronic infection, right? That that could be a reservoir because if your body never actually clears the virus, it's still in there and then you could pop it back out in its new form, right? Absolutely. That's certainly one of the possibilities. And and we've seen some of these multi-mutation variants crop up in people with immune suppressive disease and other kinds of conditions, drugs that they've been given to suppress their immune system. So the, the virus just kind of keeps there in the body for, it can be for months. We've seen it and, you know, the mutations will, you know, gradually accrue over time in, in a person like that. Dr. Robert Gary, Professor of Microbiology, Immunology, the Tulane University School of Medicine. Doctor, thanks. Researchers at UC San Diego are analyzing wastewater on campus to check for the Omicron variant. They've been studying the sewage since March of last year and have identified other COVID variants, including Alpha and Delta. Now, the samples are run through high-tech machines. Scientists then take the wastewater sample inside a lab for further testing. One microbiology professor says researchers expect to know within days if Omicron is in the area. You can find this Odyssey original and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. 